This is The Lydia Project, Conversations with Christian Women. Our name is inspired by the life-changing conversation that Lydia had with Paul, recorded in Acts 16. On this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of women whose lives have also been impacted by the truth of the gospel. Your hosts, Tori Walker and Taryn Hayes, hope that you too will be challenged and inspired by how the gospel truths are being worked out in the lives of their guests, ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God. Today, your host is Taryn Hayes. Welcome again to The Lydia Project. I'm Taryn Hayes. Today, our guest is Nina Hampton. Now, Nina is like many of our listeners. She's a wife, she's a mum and a teacher. Life is busy, and yet God saw fit to grow Nina in ways that she did not expect over the past two years especially. Her story is one of coming to trust Jesus through the faithful teaching of his word. It's one of incredible grace as God brought her and her husband to a deep understanding of his grace, and it's one where God prepared her and her husband to face one of the biggest challenges of their life, a diagnosis of breast cancer. Not many of us can fully know how we would respond if we were to face a frightening diagnosis. Would we be able to say with confidence the words of Paul in Philippians 1.21, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Nina can, and she does. Not because of her own strength, but because of God's work in her life. This chat is one of those that left me once again in awe of God as he works his purposes in the lives of others. I pray that you too will be encouraged to keep living for Christ, no matter your circumstances, as you listen now to Nina's story. Lovely to have you here at the Lydia Project. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. That's so good. Nina, you have quite an interesting story of how you came to faith, and I would love you to share it with us. So how is it that you came to faith in Christ? Sure. So um, I first heard about Jesus at school through Scripture Union. When I was um, nine years old, I used to go to Scripture Union at break. And during one of those break time sessions, there was a call to come up on stage for anyone that wanted to give their life to Christ. So I went up on stage and a whole lot of us prayed the prayer. And I think for me, that was definitely a very big moment in my life in that I didn't have any Christian family at that stage. So this was a big step for me to make as a nine-year-old child. And um, looking back, it's I find it quite remarkable how I used to walk myself up to the local Baptist church on Sunday mornings to take myself to Sunday school. And thankfully, my parents were very supportive of whatever decisions we wanted to make regards to our faith. So they allowed me to go off on Sunday mornings. And that's how my Christian walk started, but it wasn't smooth sailing from there. So not growing up in a Christian home or having really any Christian friends, my faith definitely went through, went through challenging times. And I always grew up from that moment, I think, believing the truth, but I didn't always, I didn't always keep my eyes focused on Jesus and on God. So In high school, I was baptized when I was 18 at a local Methodist church. So that was a time in my life where I was quite plugged into a Christian community. But then heading off to university again, that was also another time where I was so torn between, you know, the allures and the fun of student life versus how to live as a Christian. And then um, joining up with a very prescriptive church 
which now looking back actually ended up turning me away from God for a long time. I just felt so restricted and I didn't feel like I was allowed to ask questions. There was only one way to interpret things. And that time at that church actually turned me away from God. And I then started dating a guy who would have called himself a Christian, but now we look back and he's now my husband and he certainly wasn't a Christian at that time. So through my 20s, I would, was not living as a Christian. And it was actually only after I got married that my husband and I really got plugged into the local church. And it just happened to be the closest church to our flat where we were staying. So we started going there just before we got married. And then after we got married, we'd go every couple of weeks. And then we, my husband bumped into an old school friend at an Ascension Day service. And he invited us to join a Bible study. And I think it was from that point onwards that both of us really had a, it wasn't one moment, but a whole lot of small moments that led up to a recommitment of our faith. I think for me, it was a recommitment. For my husband, it was a first time commitment. But that's been, it's been about 10 years now that we've, going on 10 years that we've, I think that we, we could say that we've been living as Christians and truly understanding what that means. I love your story, especially because of just the the warmth that you received from the friend who who came and, and chatted to Nick and invited you to the growth group or the um, Bible study group. Because it's so easy to get lost in a big church and you can go and you can go and you can go, but having others care for you and love you in that kind of way is such an important thing. So that's really cool. And since then, you've, you've lots been happening in your life since since those early days and I was thinking it might be a good idea at this point to talk about what happened to you about 18 months ago you got some pretty hectic news and that kind mm. of changed things significantly for you could you share about that yeah sure so in October 2020 at age 38 years old I was diagnosed with breast cancer I just found a lump while I was in the shower and um I'm pretty paranoid about my health. So I made an appointment straight away for the GP and went the next day. And then she, recommend, she recommended that I go and get a mammogram. And then it was discovered that I did have a few other lumps, actually. And I was diagnosed with stage one, grade two breast cancer. And yeah, it was obviously a massive shock and really not something that... I ever thought would happen to me as someone who always considered themselves as relatively healthy. It, yeah, it really was just kind of a bolt out of the blue. <laughs> Definitely put my faith in perspective. And I felt like all the things that I'd been learning up until that point almost felt like, and even the trials leading up to that, you know, through COVID, my husband not being able to work and all this kind of stuff that had been going on leading up to that point, I really it did feel like God had been preparing me, you know. So when this, this, this happened, I felt like I did have, I had his promises to fall back on. And um, I had a Christian community and family around me. So even though it was such a hard time and it has been a hard time since then, it, it was really amazing to see God really visibly working in my life. And also just to know just to be able to rely on his promises to actually get out of bed in the morning in those early days. After I got diagnosed, I literally had to put the Bible app on and play 
you know, play Bible verses to myself and just to just to be able to get out of bed and face the day while we were waiting for tests and scan results and all those kinds of things. Yeah, if I didn't have my faith, I'm not sure how I would have got through that time. And yeah, God was so good to us during that time. Yeah, I hear that a lot from people who have been in your situation of such a kind of like earth shattering diagnosis that there is something about being a Christian that gives a real, or just being able to trust Jesus, that sense of peace. And another friend of mine has been diagnosed fairly recently with liver cancer. And she said she always imagined that if she ever got a terminal illness, she imagined she would be the kind of person to spiral into depression. And yet she had not that experience at all and rather just a, a real sense of reliance on the Lord and peace in him. And I know that's not everybody's experience, but how good it is to know that this is not it and that we can trust God even with this, even when it's hard. Exactly. No, it is. And it was just such a reminder that God is always the same. You know, I think that was a really big encouragement to me during this time. You know, I remember going, we first obviously found out I had cancer, I needed to have operation, and then we needed to find out whether I needed chemotherapy or not. And I remember in the car park before we went in to see the doctor who was going to give us the news about the chemotherapy, I remember saying to my husband, you know, God's the same, whether I need chemotherapy or not, he's the same. And he's still in control. So it doesn't, yeah, whatever happens in there, you know, we've got that to trust in it. And it really was such an encouragement every day just to be reminded of that, that whatever we're going through, that God is the same and he's solid and his promises don't change. Yeah. And that he loves you, that he loves you just as much today as he did yesterday and, and tomorrow. Obviously, it doesn't mean that it's always easy and there are not many tears and questions. Mm. How was that for you? Yeah, well, that for me, I think has been a very, it's been a big part of my journey is actually been learning to get in touch with my feelings and be able to understand the fact that I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to be sad, I'm allowed to be angry, and I can still be, you know, a faithful servant of God. You know, I think in the beginning, when I first got my diagnosis, I just felt, I really felt that I needed to be strong for everybody else. I needed to put on a brave face. I was so worried about my diagnosis and how it would affect other people and make other people upset that I just spent so much time focusing on that. And that didn't allow myself to really actually engage with how I was feeling. Since then, you know, I've obviously spent a lot of time and reading and listening and just the idea that God encourages us to lament, you know, and we'd done a a series in in church just before that. And I don't think I'd really understood what it meant to really be able to cry out to God and, and, and to be able to be honest and real as well. But that, and, and that, and that being honest and real doesn't mean that we don't have faith, that we can acknowledge that things are hard but that Jesus is still good and God is still good. And I think that's been a big thing for me, not to feel like I have to put on a brave face to, for other people's sake or to show that I have faith or that I'm a good Christian because good Christians are always strong. You know, and I think it's just a reminder that God is always strong. We don't need to be strong. So it really did remind me of that. And, and since then, I have tried to be more mindful of what I am feeling and not just kind of push those feelings down because God did create us to be, you know, as, as a human, we feel things, Jesus felt things and he had a whole range of emotions and we're not expected just to be happy. 
and we don't have to be strong all the time. So that's definitely been a big part of what I've learned in the last 18 months. Yeah, I, there's so much of what you said that completely resonates and makes sense. Um, you know, that God is the one who is strong and we don't need to be. And yet, isn't it interesting how often realizing that God allows us to be strong, he gives us his strength. And so just at the moment when we go, oh, I don't have to do this in my own strength and I don't have to be strong and I can't fall apart. And then God somehow very often in those cases gives us his strength and it's like, whoa, where did this come from? Yeah, definitely. I definitely, I definitely did experience that a lot, actually. Um, there were so many moments, I think, where I did just think like, how am I going to do this? You know, how am I going to go for another blood test? How am I going to go for another chemo infusion I just can't face another needle and it, it did really feel like God gave me his supernatural strength in those moments I really I really did feel it and it did feel for the first time in my life I also felt like I really could feel I could really feel God's presence more than I ever had before and when people said to me that they were praying for me it did it really felt like I could feel that which was amazing it is amazing i've been in a similar situation when katie had her diagnosis that sense of being carried by the people's prayers and prior to that i'd heard the people say that and i'm like oh that's nice like here yeah. <laughs> you believe mm -hmm. it but but to actually experience that is is quite something i'm mm -hmm. glad you got to feel that and know that that's really good so you're talking about having to recognize that you don't have to be strong by the people and that you could you know, have those emotions and what what helped you come to those conclusions and work through holding intention both trusting trusting God and knowing that he is still God and still in control and at the same time being able to you know allow yourself to feel those emotions and allow yourself to not to be the strong one yeah so what, what would you say got you to that point yeah so for for me it was the, the the catalyst for starting to examine these things was definitely meeting with an integrative doctor or functional medicine doctor and he he his diagnosis essentially of me and why i got cancer was all the biggest contributing factor for him was what he called emotional repression so just pushing down how you're really feeling, not telling people how you're really feeling or expressing yourself. And it's, just, it's not something you're consciously doing. It's, um, you know, an unconscious kind of coping mechanism that, that, you've, that you've developed over time. So he was the one that, that first mentioned this to me and, and, and started speaking to me about it. And then I read, you know, literature about the mind-body connection and, and, and how this ingrained stress and this unconscious stress that we carry around can lead to autoimmune diseases and cancers and depression and all this kind of stuff. So for me, it's been, uh, and then, then it's been matching that knowledge, you know, that kind of more secular sort of scientific wisdom with my Christian wisdom. So that's been quite a big part of my journey is, is getting this, in, this information on, on functional medicine, for example, and then combining it with what I what I know is true in the Bible and, and putting that biblical truth on it so that I have spent a lot of time thinking and reading about these things and, and, and how they line up because obviously you can just completely go the kind of the secular route on this and 
So it's been very important for me for whatever I've been learning and reading to be taking that and then matching it up to what the Bible says to be true. And it's been amazing to see how much crossover there actually is and how much of that, that wisdom that I've been able to get, you know, from, from my doctor, for example, has lined up with what the Bible actually says. But it's just been a matter of me opening my eyes to a different way of seeing things. And I think interpreting the Bible in a different way and, and, and in a more personal way, perhaps, than I did before. And sharing all of this with others, how have you been able to share this with others and what have people's responses been? Um, yeah, it's been really interesting. So one of the things I've done that, that has actually been very helpful for me, I started an Instagram page called Faith, Love and Breast Cancer. And it just provided me, firstly, especially when I was going through active treatment, it provided me with a platform to kind of share my updates with my friends and family. And then since then to share the things I've been learning about integrative health and how that relates to my faith as well. So I found that really helpful. And it's been, it's been interesting. People have yeah, definitely responded with, with interest because I think it's something that resonates. All of us have some sort of ingrained coping mechanisms that we're not always aware of. So I think it's been very interesting. A lot of people have said to me that they have also noticed things that I've shared about my experience that they perhaps have also, also discovered for themselves. So it's been, it's been really encouraging and, and connecting with other people on, on social media, other, especially other Christian women that are going through breast cancer. It's, it's actually been very encouraging. Yeah. Have there been many women who are further down the road than you are that you've met? So there have been a few, and I think that's been, that was particularly helpful for me, just people that are a few months ahead of me down the journey, at least, just to see, you know, where they're, where they're heading and where they are now. And it, it definitely has made a, made a difference. And then being able to also be that person for people that are further back from me that are just starting treatment or recently starting treatment. I think it's been, yeah, it's been great to be able to be, you know, provide some sort of inspiration for, for people that are going through this now. But yeah, it's definitely been an encouragement seeing people that have gone through this. Yeah. And as you've been working through, you know, what the functional doctor first alerted you to, the emotional side and all that, I would imagine that would be quite tumultuous because now you've, you, you know, you're really examining areas of your heart and mind that you might have just not touched before. How was that? It was a difficult, how did it affect your relationships, your time with God? Yeah, so I've been working with a psychologist who is also actually, um, she's also a Christian, which has helped. And I was having, you know, weekly sessions at one stage last year, and then we changed to every two weeks. And now we're meeting up every three or four weeks. So I've done a lot of examining relationships with her. And um, I think it's been a realization that a lot of it that you can't, you can't change perhaps other people, how they are, but you can change how you respond and the boundaries you put in place with people. So I think I have been more mindful of if I don't want to answer the phone call, if someone's calling me, even if it's a family member, I'm just not going to answer it. You know, whereas before I felt like if someone's calling me, I need to answer them straight away. I need to be available. You know, even if I'm not in a good space to be talking to someone or actually there's other stuff I would like to do first, 
I always just felt that need to to respond. So that's, for example, has been something that I've just been able to realize, like, hang on, I don't need to respond straight away. Or I can respond and say, listen, I'll chat to you in two hours time when, you know, when it's better suited to me. And being able to do that without feeling selfish. And I think that's been something that I've been able to examine. I've been, I think I've been so quick and 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 also wanting to be servant-hearted as a Christian that often I would take it to the point where I would never tell someone that maybe I don't want like my husband to go out tonight. I'm feeling tired and I'd like his help, for example, you know, and luckily, you know, Nick's been super supportive of me and he, he sometimes preempts where he can see I'm actually feeling like that, but I haven't even clicked that I'm not, you know, wanting him to go out and he'll be like, actually, I think I should stay home tonight. I'll be like, actually, yes, that is what I would like you to do. But I don't always, I take a while sometimes to connect to that feeling of maybe like frustration, for example, that that frustration is there because I'm not verbalizing what I'm actually wanting. I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to keep him happy and say, yeah, I'll go out tonight, you know, with your friends or whatever it is, whereas actually it's not working for me. And he's, He's very, he's very supportive and, and happy for me to be more verbal with how I'm feeling. Because I think I always kind of thought of him as, I tease him that I always thought of him as more of the grumpy one in the relationship, you know. But, he, but actually, I've realized now that he always tells me how, he's feel, how he feels, which is actually really healthy, you know, yeah. whereas I will more, you know, kind of be like, oh, I'm fine, you know, where I'm actually not fine. So it's, it's been interesting and, and, and it's, it's, it's harder than it sounds for someone that isn't used to doing it. I still need to really stop and, and, and kind of try and connect with how am I actually feeling right now? Because I'm so quick to just push it down and say, I'm fine. And, and then, and that kind of toxic positivity as well to say, I've got so much to be grateful for. I shouldn't be moaning, you know? So just learning to be real, I think it's been helpful for relationships actually. And I've been talking to my friends a lot about it and, and I think, you know, in, in, it goes both ways. People have started being more real with me, I think, too, which has been That's good. incredible. Toxic mm. positivity. I mm. think that is a very helpful phrase. Possibly unusual. I think as I'm listening to you, I'm going, Nina, you're next level. Because there are plenty <laughs> of women who can completely identify with the, yeah, I'm fine when you're not fine. But they generally know that they're not fine <laughs> and they're doing that passive aggressive, you know, I'm fine. And now you need to figure out that I'm not fine and, and fix it, you know, whereas it sounds like from what you're saying to me, you would say you're fine, think that you're fine, but actually you're not and not even realize that. Is that right? Exactly. No, that's exactly it. It's, it's very much just, you're not even giving your, I think your, your feelings, any sort of it. Um, they just before they've even you've acknowledged like your brain has even acknowledged that that's how you're feeling you've already pushed it down and I think just try to look on the bright side without allowing yourself to examine those feelings so it's yeah exactly as you say it's not a conscious it's not a conscious thing that you're doing to yeah to try and get someone to figure out how you're feeling you genuinely aren't connecting with those feelings yeah. and because you've been doing it since you were a little child you know, you don't, you don't realize that, that you've been doing it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's something that, that definitely starts. I mean, I try and trace it back, you know, to, to childhood. I think it's a sensitive personality 
you know, that, that, no, that, is, that is very in tune with maybe how other people are feeling. And you can see that how you're feeling is making other people uncomfortable and you don't like that. So you tone it down and you push it down. Mm. And then as you grow up, you don't learn to be able to express yourself because, I, for example, anger, I really struggle to, to access anger. And I get more a sense of frustration, I think, than really a sense of anger. And I know, like, I speak to a lot of moms and they'll be like, oh, you know, I just lost with the kids today. And for me, I almost go into shutdown mode. So I'm, my emotions just shut down when, when instead, of, instead of trying to feel angry, I'll just kind of clam up, mm. you know, which now looking back, is, it's, it's a really unhealthy, it's a really unhealthy pattern. And it's eventually your body does get to the point where I think it, 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 that's where they say when the body says no, that's, this is what ends up happening. You're, yeah. You know, on a cellular level, your, your body becomes an inhospitable place for your cells to live. Yeah. And that's what cancer is really, because cancer is not an out, you know, it's not an outside, mi- you know, micro that comes in or a virus or bacteria. It's your actual, it's your own cells that have found your body to be yeah such an inhospitable place that they go into a state of kind of primal survival mode where they start reproducing too fast and that's what cancer is mm-hmm. so obviously there are multiple factors that affect it it's not just emotions you know there's toxins and there's you know all sorts of 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 things as well but this for a lot of people can be a big part of yeah mm-hmm. of the diagnosis yeah you've you've used the term healthy a few times and in terms of both obviously your physical health but your emotional health and your relational health and I think that's also quite an important word and concept because I again I think it's so it's so much easier for people certainly for me maybe when I say people really I'm just saying for me (laughs) to understand unhealthy to be you know having having your emotions out there and being so selfish with your emotions that you put them first. And that's what I've seen in, in bad relationships and unhealthy ways of dealing with relationships much more than what you've described, but what you're describing maybe is the other end of the spectrum where it's also unhealthy and somewhere in the middle, I imagine is, is healthy. You don't want to be accessing your anger to the point where you're throwing things at people and going, well, I'm being healthy because I'm accessing my anger. Um, Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and you know, there's a lot of the things that you were doing, you know, being intuitive about other people and being reactive to them in a way that's helpful to them. Those things are good. But but when you do that consistently and you to the point where you're shutting off the way you, you described your own emotions, that, that clearly is unhealthy. So that balance is is important. And I'm interested to hear about what you've been saying about just having to talk it through and to talk through relationships and talk through how you deal with things and being able to access what it is that you're actually feeling it certainly sounds like you definitely are on the road to a a healthy way of dealing with things hopefully the pendulum doesn't swing (laughs) the other way no (laughs) no it is and I think that's the thing whereas if you go too far down this kind of this this way of thinking that it becomes all about you you know, and how am I feeling and everything's about you. So as you say, it is, and that's where everything I've been learning, I've had to put it up to what is the biblical perspective on this? Because if I just, if I don't do that, I think there is a tendency to become selfish about, 
you know, how am I feeling all the time and forgetting about other people. So it definitely is something to be aware of. And it's, yeah, and, and, and just because you're feeling something doesn't mean that, you know, and, and I think it's also the idea of our feelings aren't necessarily, you know, God trying to speak to us. Like if I'm feeling something about this doesn't mean that that's, I must just follow my feelings. I think that's also something that maybe the world tells us you know, just follow your feelings. Whereas I know as a Christian, we need to, I need to acknowledge my feelings, but then I need to follow Jesus. You know, I need to follow the Bible and, and, and kind of, you know, put them up against each other. So I think that's been, it's, it's been a bit, and still is probably a big part of what I'm going through. And what's been very helpful is, is trying to marry that psychology with that biblical wisdom. So one of the books that I read in the morning is a devotional by someone called Caitlin DeBeer, and she's a Christian psychologist. And her devotional is a lot about this sort of thing. You know, so it's, it's and it's also submitting your feelings to God. So what am I, I'm feeling this anger, you know, and then praying about it, for example. So it's, I think it's important to not just, you know, go down this road without, coming back to to what the bible says yeah <laughs> yeah i was just jotting down some notes of what you're saying about marrying psychology with biblical wisdom and you know there, there's so much validity in that and wisdom in that and there was something else you said that i just thought was great and now of course it's gone from my mind oh yes about you need to acknowledge your feelings but also act according to what the word says or what god says so the acknowledge part is really important and that's where you've been growing and learning in, but not to let the pendulum swing by behaving in a way that's ungodly or, or selfish, which is not easy, but I think it's a journey that we're all on to a degree or another. I think maybe as I'm talking to you and thinking about this a little bit more, I think we all need to acknowledge our feelings because I think, again, I know for myself and, and for children, I think you'll be able to identify seeing it in kids they they will have their anger response or frustration or whatever it is and they will act on that and they will feel that they need to have you know whatever it is that they want without being able to go actually let me acknowledge this is how I feel let me think about why I feel like this and is that actually right and how should I be responding and you know all those steps that you know we don't expect toddlers to to work through all of that but we do expect adults to, <laughs> and yet mm. so many adults and myself included have had plenty of moments where I just know that I'm just annoyed and frustrated. And I just feel that everybody just needs to get with the program because I'm annoyed <laughs> and I've got to go think about it. What acknowledge those feelings and think about why I'm annoyed. And if it's appropriate that I'm responding to other people in the way that I am, you know, that would probably be the other side of the spectrum a little bit from where, mm. from where you've been. And the Bible's constantly calling us to that, isn't it? Yeah. In your anger, do not sin. Yeah. And that's exactly, I was reading actually that verse this morning in, in, in my devotional. And she was saying, though, that the thing is, when he says in your anger, he's not saying if you get angry, it's like in your anger, as in you will get angry, yes. which is also acknowledging that it's okay. That's it's a normal feeling. But when you're feeling that, that is where you need to, to think about your behavior. And it's actually something, one of the, the things I'm doing at the moment in terms of work is I'm working for a company called Heart Matters. And this is exactly what we do. We teach children 
how to identify their feelings. So how the feeling feels in their body, you know, how sadness is heavy and happiness is light and angry is, you know, quite hot and fear is cold, for example, so they can physically identify their feeling, then to verbalize that feeling and then, and then what they can do with it. You know, what a, what a healthy way of expressing it is. For example, you know how we might feel like hitting someone when we're angry, but, you know, they are healthy, that that's not a healthy response, that we can, you know, rather take deep breaths or have a glass of water or count to 10, you know. And these, these tools are, you know, universal. They're for all ages, for if you're three or if you you know, 100. Yeah. They help little tips to be able to, to learn to manage your feelings in a, in a healthy way. Yeah. So it's it's been good for me while I'm teaching the children I'm kind of teaching these things to myself too which is yeah. which has been great. Yeah. yeah, I think isn't isn't the saying something along the lines of some the best way to learn is to be a teacher. Yeah. yeah no, so I think true. that is yeah, no it is true. So you just mentioned that you've been teaching little kids. What do you do in your day today? What's what does life look like for Nina? So, yes, so I'm a teacher and I taught in the classroom for 16 years, but now I'm teaching in a different capacity. So I teach hard matters classes and I do that um, three mornings a week and two afternoons a week. And that's from three-year-olds up until nine-year-olds. I'm doing that. And then I'm also a baby music class teacher. So I teach baby music classes for children from most of the kids are between the ages of nine months and two and a half. And I do that twice a week. And then some Saturday mornings as well for the working moms. I do some Saturday morning music classes and yeah. So working with children is definitely my passion. Yes. I was going to say what you love. Absolutely. And you have a child of your own. I do. Yes. I'm a mom to a six year old son, Thomas. Yeah, so it is, it's nice to have my mornings when I'm teaching. And then I usually try and give myself a little break before I start mommying. Because otherwise yeah. it, is, it, it is hectic going straight from, you know, working with children to being a mom. Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's pretty hectic. <laughs> yeah. You keep, you've mentioned a few times your, your wonderful sweet husband, Nick. And I can say wonderful sweet husband, Nick, because I do know him and I can vouch for that. <laughs> you guys have been leading a Bible study for a little while. How has that been for you in terms of your Christian walk and what is your experience of that? And yeah, if you had to tell somebody the pros and cons or encourage Mm. them to, to look into that, what would you say? I would say it has been a very big encouragement to us. We never would have thought that we would be Bible study leaders, especially when we were in your group before you went to Australia And we just could never have imagined it. But even though it's been very challenging in in a lot of ways, it's also been incredibly encouraging and actually, you know, forcing us to delve into God's word more regularly and in more depth, I think, while we prepare for Bible study. And I must say, Nick does this. He does take on the the load with this. So I generally just pop in and, and help him run through a few questions and he's the one that does put the the main effort in my my role is more of the the kind of the social and the checking in with people and um getting the house ready for everyone to arrive and that sort of thing but it is we do try and work as a team as much as possible but it's been we've learned a lot definitely 
And it's been amazing to be able to be in the position where we can open our home and have people come in. And obviously with COVID, it, it, was, it was tough going on Zoom. It's been such an encouragement having people back in person this year. It really has just, we, we realized how we missed that Christian community, that face-to-face -face Christian community. And yeah, they've been, and they were incredibly supportive. You know, during my treatment, we had, you know, people in the Bible study stepping in to lead when we weren't able to. So it's, it's been a very supportive space. Yeah. And a wonderful thing about Christian community is that there are always people there to support their meals and, you know, babysitting and lifts and love and encouragement. And, and that's good. It's really good. Absolutely. No, we, we were very, we were very well loved during this time, definitely. And well supported. Yeah. What would you say is keeping you standing firm in Christ? I would say actually that Christian community right now is a big one. Being part of a Bible study, being part of a Christian book club that you're also part of, you know, having Christian women around and going back to church in person has been such an encouragement to me. I really feel much more plugged in and just connected. And I think that's been such an encouragement, just singing praise and worship songs in person again. It's, that to me at the moment is, is, a, is a very big encouragement. So uh, yeah, I'd say Christian community and then this devotional book that I, that I read, I try and read in the mornings has, has also been yeah, really helpful and just trying to spend more time in God's word, just trying to spend more regular time in God's word is, is such an encouragement. And that's where preparing for Bible study, I think kind of forces you to, to delve in more regularly which which is, is so good for us yeah yeah absolutely yeah so many people would agree with you even pre-covid to have said christian community is so important but i think COVID has really put that into perspective and uh yeah the, the juxtaposition next to not having that or just having it online to then having it back in real life is just you get it you, you get the bible when it says do not give up meeting together and how important that is. Yeah. Your favorite Bible verse? Do you have one? And if so, would you be okay to read it? I mean, I think it goes through phases where I have different different favorites. But at the moment, I'd say it's Philippines 1 verse 21. And that's for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. And it's just been the reminder that what my purpose on this earth is, you know, to live a Christ-like life and to, you know, shine God's light on the world and try and be that light in the world. And then also just the idea that death isn't something to fear. And even though it is still scary, just knowing that death is a, is a homecoming, if you will, you know, God is calling you home and we gain that eternal life when we die. It's just, yeah, every day, it's just an encouragement to me, those two those two reminders in that verse absolutely i think that's a bible verse that should it you know be a favorite for many people because it's it's just truth it's absolute truth and we need to be mm -hmm. reminded because we live in this world and it's easy to to say to you know to live is gain <laughs> instead of to recognize that you know to live is christ and as christians you know the world can offer a lot but not more than what crisis offers us Mm. yeah 
anything else you'd love to share with us? Any I suppose one other thing that I'd like to say is just, yeah, a bit more on death. It's something that we, I think, avoid talking about. And I think it's something that I've thought a lot about in the last 18 months and just really hit home that we can't number our own days, that only God can number our days. And that has just been such a comfort for me because once you've had a cancer diagnosis, someone shared a, a, a poem about how it's, you know, the idea of getting a cancer diagnosis is, is having this gun to your head and how once you've had cancer, you never know when it's going to come back and you basically have to live your life never knowing when this trigger is going to be pulled. But I think as a Christian, I don't, I don't like to think about it like that. You know, I don't want to think go around thinking that I've got this gun to my head. You know, we don't know, we really don't know how long we've got on earth. And I think it's just such a reminder that it's not up to us in the end. It is up to God. And that can take away a lot of the fear, especially when you've had cancer. And unfortunately, breast cancer is one of those cancers that does come back. Even if you caught it at stage one early, like I did, you know, it was something I didn't realize before. But unfortunately, you just don't know, even if I'm trying to do all the right things, it still might come back. And even if it doesn't, I still might die from some other reason, you know, before I'm old. And obviously, I would love to be able to live a full long life. But I don't know how long that's going to be. So it's just, just the reminder that, yeah, that God ultimately numbers our days. And Every day we need to, and for me, I need to just pray for enough faith and enough, you know, peace to get through that day. And God does, he gives it to us every day. You know, there's, there's that provision every day to get through that day. So I think that's just a reminder that death isn't something that we need to fear because ultimately we get to be with Jesus yeah. if we have placed our faith in him. Yeah, because death is life when we trust Jesus. Exactly. And exactly. And it's just something you know, I need to remind myself every day because otherwise it can be overwhelming. The idea of, you know, what happens if it comes back, mm. you know, and now I can remind myself what happens if it does come back. It's, you know, it's yeah. God's still the same and I'm still going to, when I die, I will get to be with him. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Very cool. Well, I'm really grateful to God that he has brought you along this journey and, allowed you so much reflection and soul searching and bringing things to him and growing through this and even though it has been through a cancer diagnosis which is hectic and nobody ever wants that that God has used it for his glory and your good yes absolutely no he really has it's yeah I think you, when you go through something like this you just you, you really do learn to, to cling to God and um, to turn to him. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a reminder for, for all of us that that's what we should be doing every day, not just for the big things. You know, I think it's the idea that you start off practicing turning to God for all the little troubles in your life. So when the big troubles come, you know what to do. You turn to him. And yeah. I do feel like that, that was something for me that... I um, was so grateful that I'd had the opportunity to practice doing that and being taught, you know, how to do that and, you know, what verses to look at. And that, that was through, you know, that's been through my time at St. James. It prepared me, I feel like, for this, yeah. to be able to be able to face it, knowing where I need to turn. 
Yeah. God is good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, looking back on the seeds that you guys sowed in, in Bible study, you know, all those years ago when we were in your Bible study and the things we learned there and those promises that we, you know, learned about with you being able to turn back to them. So it's amazing, I think, as well to know, like, you don't know the seeds that you're sowing in other people's lives can come back and God can use them in amazing ways. And I, I do feel that all the, the seeds that have been sown in my life, God was able to use them through a very difficult time. And I'm just so grateful to him for all the people that he put in, in, in our lives along the way to be able to do that. And yeah. to you and Craig, you guys have had a very big impact in our lives and we're really grateful to God for putting us in each other's paths. <laughs> I, I heartily concur that great gratitude that God put you guys in our lives because we love you guys dearly and your little boy, Tom. And, you know, like I'm listening to you talk about the seeds that God has planted in your lives through other people. And I'm going, God is using you guys tremendously for his gospel purposes in the people around you, your family members, friends, and, and social media with your Instagram account, Faith, Love, and Breast Cancer. There are, you know, there are tons of people who are having access to that, whether you even realize it or not, going, you know, there's a story there and it's about Jesus and who knows? Who knows how many people have even possibly come to faith through through following your journey, which is exciting. Yeah, I know it is. It's very exciting. And yeah, I'm grateful to be able to have that platform and to yeah, to be able to use it hopefully to point people to Jesus. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Nina, it's been awesome chatting to you here on the Lydia Project. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I feel very honored. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Lydia Project. We would love you to share this episode with others, whether that be by word of mouth, social media, or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper, and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary. 